Protesters are demonstrating in hundreds of cities, demanding an end to racial injustice and police brutality. But one of the things that was supposed to rein in the police, body cameras, might actually end up encroaching on protesters' privacies. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is CNET privacy expert and Daily Charge regular, Alfred Ng. Alfred, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Alfred, you've got a piece looking at police body cameras and the concerns they're now raising during these protests. But before we get into that, let's back things up a bit. Can you talk about how body cameras with the police took off? Yeah, so body cams really came into the police terminology around 2014, 2015, when there were protests over the police killing of uh, Michael Brown in Ferguson, where people were asking for the same things that they're asking for now, uh, six years ago, when they were saying that we want more police accountability, we want more police transparency, and they believed that body cameras would be the technology to help solve that. You know, if we have a camera on police officers at all times, then there's more evidence of when police are doing anything that they're not supposed to be doing, more evidence of police misconduct. You know, five years down the line, we've really seen that that hasn't really been the case. There's been studies that have shown that, you know, there isn't really more police accountability just because this technology is there. And we're seeing now that, you know, these protests are evidence of that, that even though, you know, about half the police departments in the country have body cameras um, equipped, but they are not, you know, making the major changes that they were supposed to be doing. Let's dig into that. On paper, you've got a video recording of what police are doing. So theoretically, that's supposed to create some accountability. Why hasn't that happened? I think a big problem is that the body cameras were introduced and, you know, people assumed automatically that they would only be used in a certain way. And from what we've seen, you know, the transparency side of it is not there. So even though these body cameras are equipped, you know, it doesn't really mean that they're always recording. We've seen that in Kentucky during one of the protests when police shot and killed David McAtee um, during a protest in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, this was a protest over the death of George Floyd. According to reports, there were no police body cam footage of that, and the police chief was actually fired over the body cams not being turned on at this incident. And you know, we take it a step further down, and we and we take it a step further down, and we check and see, okay, well, what about the incidents where body cams are turned on? Well, in those incidents, police will do almost everything they can to prevent this footage from getting released. Uh, you know, there's been cases where people who have been shot by police officers have had to sue the police department to get that their own footage released to the public. And, you know, we see from the case of Laquan McDonald in Chicago, where it took more than a year for police to release footage of this 17 year old getting shot 16 times by Chicago police officers. And that footage wasn't even released to the public until a journalist sued for it. And it took, you know, more than a year after he was killed by police for that footage to even get out there. That's an interesting point you raise. The footage is meant to hold police accountable. So how are the police justifying not releasing the videos? The reason why it's so difficult for this footage to be released is because police are the ones controlling it. It's these videos are ending up in their databases. These videos are ending up, you know, at their whim. And again, it's also they're the ones who control whether or not the camera is turned on. And that that's part of a big issue of it. So in one case, the NYPD had sued to not release any footage, saying that it would violate state laws against releasing, you know, police records without a court order. So it's it's a lot of things I, I've seen in other cases before where they've just argued we don't have the bandwidth to release all this footage um, for public records requests because they have to you know comb through all this footage and then put it on a flash drive or a um, 
DVD or something like that to release to the public. And, you know, I've seen police departments argue that, you know, we don't have the ability to do that right now with all these requests that are coming in. Let's talk about these protests. You make a point that's a bit counterintuitive. The footage is supposed to keep police in check, but they may actually be used against the protesters. Talk a little bit about that. So several cities like Baltimore, New York, and Seattle actually have policies against using body cameras at First Amendment events like protests. The reason why is because you don't want to be potentially identified or tracked after the fact, and these body cameras can do a really good job of doing that. And that is now the privacy concern that comes with body cameras is that they're more being used as tools of surveillance than they are uh, tools of accountability. So the argument right now is that we should have these body cameras turned on at protests because of all these incidents of police brutality that we've seen against protesters. But it kind of hangs in the balance with this debate of, well, we also don't want these cameras to be used against us later down the line. Um, some cities like Seattle have actually turned around on their policy against no body cameras at protests and said, if you are at a protest, you should turn it on. The mayor issued an emergency order on Monday about it. But privacy advocates are kind of pointing out that that might not be the way that you want to go. As you mentioned earlier, all this footage goes into a database that the police controls. So all you need is a little bit of facial recognition software. And you've got a way to track individuals on a very granular level. Talk about that. Yeah, facial recognition is definitely an even bigger concern when you consider it being added to body cams. We've already seen from reporting from 1-0 that um, more than 1,500 organizations had signed a contract to add facial recognition to body cameras. And we've also seen Amazon marketing recognition to police departments saying that, you know, this is something that you can do with the video that you've obtained. And that would make it much easier for any police department to identify somebody that's at a protest and that's really not something that that activists or any advocates want you know they don't want to be you know tracked and followed around just because they are showing up to a protest saying we don't like the way things are right now and we should change it it's an interesting question here because you're balancing the need for accountability with respecting the privacy of protesters is there a consensus on where local governments fall in this debate I think that it's going to have to go on a state-by-state state or city-by-city city basis, and each community is going to have to decide what they want for their body cameras in their communities. Some states or some cities have done you know, really nuanced policies where they'll say, okay, you can turn on body cameras at a protest, but only if you see that it's escalating to turning into violence. Like, if it's a peaceful protest, you can't. Or some other states will say things like, you know, you can use body cameras at protests, but you can't use the footage to identify people. So it, I think it comes down to the nuance of it. But I, the experts that I spoke with mentioned that, you know, the, a lot of this rests on the power dynamics here, where if the police are the ones controlling the body camera footage and how it's released to the public, then these body cameras are not going to help the way that they're intended to. So here's a bigger question. Should we just get rid of body cameras entirely? I, I think the argument is less about, you know, the technology itself and more about how it's used, right? Like if communities all of a sudden decided we're going to use the money that we were going to use to buy body cameras for police and put them on, you know, civilians, we were going to put them on protesters and allow them to, um, you know, release the footage themselves, that might be a different call. That might actually provide more accountability and transparency um, that these body cams were, were intended to protect. I, I think it, it comes down to who is using this technology rather than the technology itself. As a citizen exercising your right to protest, what do you need to do when encountering police with body cameras? 
if, if, you, if you take a look at all the clips of police brutality that we've seen from these protests, the majority of them are coming from civilians. They're not coming from like police worn body cameras. And I think the idea is that you should be the ones recording because it's, it's a much more accessible uh, process there. You can upload it online yourself. You can tweet it out yourself. These are, these are things that can contradict what police have been saying in their official records. And that's, that's kind of the biggest sign here that you should be the ones recording, not the police departments. All right. Thanks, Alfred. This is an important issue, and I'm glad we had a chance to talk about it. You can check out his entire story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, leave us voicemail at 862-250-5713. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.